the reason why I started Minority Mindset, the YouTube channel, was because the previous business that I was launching got scammed. I had to keep every entrepreneurial venture that I did a secret. And the only time they started to be okay with it was like when I started to get on the news. Finding something that sticks, most of the time it is accidental. You know, I think a lot of people, they imagine the entrepreneur as being someone who is sitting in bed and they think like, I just have this beautiful idea. Like, you haven't made a single video and you put $5,000 into your channel and you have no idea what you're doing. I, I never understood what risk meant until really like now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're watching The Plain Bagel. Welcome to another Plain Podcast is I think the title we're going with this new series where we talk to a bunch of different individuals, both those who work in the field and those in unique financial situations who have kind of achieved very you know unique things and, and have gotten to points where a lot of us aspire to be. And today I have the privilege of speaking to Jaspreet Singh of The Minority Mindset, which is one of the bigger personal finance channels we actually have on the platform. So really cool to, to have you on. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Jaspreet is an entrepreneur who went from running a number of businesses from a party company to even an athletic sock brand that he made himself uh, to now running a personal finance suite of uh, profiles and sites under The Minority Mindset brand, uh, where he shares all things money, including things from his own experience and talking about building his media empire, if you will. Jasper, thanks for uh, joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on, and I'm excited to have a, a plain interview. Oh, hey, man, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, yeah, it's, it's kind of a funny thing to, to advertise uh, yourself as being plain. But honestly, I think a lot of people just like to hear, you know, very basic uh, information from people without all the all the glitter and stuff and you know knowing yeah. me that's... Well, I have a feeling this is not going to be plain. <laughs> but I, I appreciate it'll, that. It'll be man. a good time. Uh, for those of you who might not be familiar with uh, your channel or, or what you post, could you give a brief description of, of kind of the content that you put out on, on the Minority Mindset? Sure. The Minority Mindset has nothing to do with the way you look, your ethnicity, or your skin color. It's the mindset of thinking differently than the majority of people. And so in our case, on the Minority Mindset YouTube channel, we're talking more on the financial side of things. So we talk very differently about how to manage your money, how to invest your money, and how to become wealthy because the majority of us are never taught how to manage our money the right way. And when we are taught about how to use our money, we're taught the wrong things to do. So the minority mindset is all about really just me teaching the things I wish I knew when I was growing up. And it's just that mindset of, of thinking different. So you've been on, you've been posting videos for about five years now, is that right? Yeah, I think it's uh, six now. Awesome. And, and, and you've gone from that to now being a keynote speaker at, at FinCon. So that was just uh, this past weekend, I think. Actually. Yeah, yeah. And just a week or two. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. That's awesome. I, I've never gone to FinCon. I, I'm not. Can, what is kind of that, that experience? What is FinCon uh, to someone who's never been? FinCon is the largest financial media conference in North America. So you have thousands of uh, financial brands. You got YouTubers, bloggers, podcasters coming together. Then you also have a whole bunch of uh, financial companies like uh, fintech companies. So you have a whole bunch of banks and stock apps and investment companies there just meeting each other, hanging out and learning how to uh, grow your brand. So yeah, it was an awesome being the, the keynote speaker there talking to just a whole bunch of people that are looking to grow their businesses, talking about my journey, talking about YouTube. It was, it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. So it's like a comic con for finance nerds. Yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I love that. That's, that sounds like a, like my bag. <laughs> they call it where money nerds unite. Oh, uh, cool. I love that. Uh, so uh, before kind of hopping into uh, your story and, and how you 
got to this place where you are today. Uh, could you talk a bit about why did you decide to start posting videos about money versus say anything like you know, what what is it about money that interests you and, and that makes you want to post videos about finance? Well, it wasn't intentional. Uh, I started YouTube as a hobby. I never grew up learning about entrepreneurship or financial education or investing. These were things that I never knew. These were things that were never talked about in my household. In fact, they were things that were discouraged because I grew up in a traditional mm. Indian house and my parents always told me that if I wanted to become successful, I need to go out and become a doctor. Go study hard in school, become a doctor, and you will be successful. And don't worry about anything else. Don't worry about playing sports. Don't worry about investing and money management. All those things will come because when you're a doctor, everything just falls into place. But <laughs> I have this tendency to like uh, kind of be stubborn and and. I really like to question the things that I do and why I do them and why people do things. And that's what really got me curious about entrepreneurship. And I've always been an entrepreneur. I think I've always just had this entrepreneurial bug. That's something that's just me. Right. Where I love the idea of creating value and creating something. That's something I love to do. Mm-hmm. And I was doing that since I was a kid. I was uh, mowing my neighbor's lawns. I was uh, delivering newspapers for seven cents a house when I was a kid. And then uh, even in high school, I started my first like kind of smaller businesses. I was working at weddings, playing an Indian drum called the Toll, and I got to know a lot of the DJs. And once I got to meet the DJs, we started uh, hosting teen parties when I was in high school. So my junior and senior year in, in high school, I was hosting teen parties. Then I went on to college, and I didn't know what to expect in college. Because mm. nobody in my family really grew up in America. Nobody went to college and did the higher education system in America. So I was, the, you know, didn't know what to expect. Right. And I assumed that everybody goes to college to really just study all day and all night. I assumed that Friday nights were uh, time in the chemistry lab to put in extra hours to study. When I got <laughs> to college... I was very wrong. I saw people partying left and right, and I couldn't believe it. And it sounds dumb. Like, I mean, looking back, it's like everybody knows that like, people go and party and have a lot of fun in college. But I had no idea. Like, I didn't even know what to bring to college. I brought five things with me to college. I brought, like, my microwave, a sleeping bag, um, a, a backpack, and, like, a couple other things. I did not have a towel. I didn't even have a pillow to sleep on during my first uh, little time no in kidding. college. Jeez. So I literally <laughs> had no idea what was going on. Right. I just kind of went. And, and so when I saw everybody partying, I was like, this is nuts. First off, none of y'all have any money. You guys are all <laughs> you know, living off of student loans. And second, you're just blowing this time away. You got to be kidding. So that's yeah. when I started thinking differently than the majority of people because I was like, well, I was hosting teen parties in high school. What if I take that same kind of idea, business model, bring it to college? So I started knocking mm-hmm. on the doors on, at clubs and bars and restaurants, asking them, hey, can I throw a party here? And, you know, I didn't have a lot of money, so I worked out deals saying, sure, you could throw a party here. You don't got to pay us any money. Just give us 50% of the cover that you charge. So if you're charging 10 bucks a pop, they take five, I take five. And right, so right. That's, that's how my first real business started. I started hosting parties, which eventually grew to a whole event planning company. We were doing uh, concerts and shows and a whole bunch of stuff. But that was my first real experience of, like, Really, really understanding the difference between thinking like the majority of people and the minority of people. Right. So I did a bunch of ventures. I started investing in real estate. I started doing a whole bunch of different things. 
And the reason why I started Minority Mindset, the YouTube channel, was because a previous business that I was launching got scammed. And uh, it was this fake marketing company that said, you know, we're, we're going to guarantee you such big results. We're going to give you X, Y, and Z. And even if you seem skeptical, don't worry. We have a 100% money back guarantee. And mm -hmm. I was skeptical, but I said, all right, you know, they got this money back guarantee. Let's try it out. Right. Gave them uh, a decent chunk of our marketing budget, actually pretty much all of our marketing budget. And I never heard from them again. I mean, I, I called no them. Yeah, I, I, I had a bad, bad feeling. I called them and I tried to get my money back and then they put me on hold and then they blocked my call. It went from like hold to like, eh, eh, eh. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and just so totally cold shoulder in you. Yeah, that's so crazy. Was that, was that for again. the uh, uh, was that a media company you were running at the time when that was scammed? Out it was, no, it was it, it was an e-commerce company. It was a sock company you were mentioning. Right, right, right. OK, so when that happened, I didn't know what to do because, you know, I, well, the thing is, entrepreneurs are good at turning problems into opportunities. And so I was like, OK. Either I can cry and complain and be upset about this, or I can do something about it. And so the first thing I did was I created a class on Udemy, which is no longer there, on how to launch a business without mm -hmm. getting screwed over. And I didn't really have a goal of making money. I was selling the course for like seven bucks. Right. And uh, everyone was like, oh, this is so cool. Uh, you should start an Instagram handle. And the alias for that class was Minority Mindset because I was like, you know, it, you really need to think differently than the majority of people. So I came onto Instagram, started posting content on Instagram, and then uh, people were like, hey, start a blog. The problem was English is my second language. And so I'm not a good oh, writer. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I'm not a good writer. So I was like, I can't blog, but I can talk. So I started a YouTube channel just, just for fun. I was, I was doing a whole bunch of other things. And I, was, I, I just did it really just to educate people on how to, first, how to launch a business without getting screwed over. Then I started talking about you know, all the things that I wish I knew in the financial education side of things, meaning money what is money investing right. and, and all these different kind of avenues of things that i didn't know and uh now our youtube channel has more than a million subscribers and minority mindset has turned from a youtube channel into a full financial media company and so it, it's crazy kind of the way it worked but it, it, it kind of happened on accident so that's a long answer to your short question yeah well i i mean that seems to be how things work right is is you mentioned kind of the entrepreneurial mindset um of you just you just try things out and, and I think finding something that sticks most of the time it is accidental you know I think a lot of people they imagine the entrepreneur as being someone who is sitting in bed and they think like I just have this beautiful idea that's that's come to mind I'm going to try it out and, and see how it works most of the time it's it's like you mentioned it's an accident or something like oh like let's try this and dip our toes in and I think even with your your party company that you mentioned that sounds like a very kind of <laughs> lean capital structure, if you will. Like you didn't go in like with a hundred thousand dollar investment to, to get this thing. No started. money, no money. I, it, it was uh, I, when I started in high school, it was literally no money. We, we found mm -hmm. a restaurant, same concept. They said, all right, don't pay us anything. Uh, we'll just take a percentage of the cover charge. And then uh, I didn't have money to pay DJs or all of that. So I said, all right, DJ, it was a friend of mine. How about you and I split? The profits mm -hmm. so no money came out of my pocket it was just you know the money i made had to be split up a whole lot more and right it, it, that's what entrepreneurship is it's that willingness to find a way because everyone's gonna say oh well i, I need ten thousand dollars to book a venue and i gotta pay a dj and i'm gonna do x y and z 
well, yeah, and you're going to make no money because you have no <laughs> idea what you're doing. Yeah, and the risk with that of, you know, if something falls flat. And, and I mean, YouTube's kind of the same way, right? There's very little risk to uploading videos on YouTube. Oh, my God. It kills me when I hear people say, hey, you know, I spent $5,000 to get all the right equipment, camera, lighting. Now I'm going to start making YouTube videos. And I'm like, you haven't made a single video and you put $5,000 into your channel and you have no idea what you're doing. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's funny. I started on a, on my iPhone. I think that was the, yeah. the camera I used was, <laughs> was, mind you, iPhone cameras, not too bad, but nowadays uh, they're awesome. Yeah, exactly. But, but, uh, you know, I, I kind of agree with that approach of you, you see what sticks first and, and then you build up and, and realize once you know the opportunity where you kind of put your money. hundred percent. Uh, but one, one of the reasons I really want to have you on is first, you were actually one of the first kind of personal finance channels. When I when I started uploading, I hadn't really known the personal finance space and you're one of the first channels I came across. So always your, your channel was kind of top of mind when I was thinking of people to talk to, but. Thank you, um, I appreciate it, that means a lot. Oh, of course, and, and on top of that, I, I think your story, especially compared to, to mine and probably a lot of people's, is very different. And, and I kind of want to talk to a diverse range of people in terms of their experiences. You know, I come, I, I come from the total opposite approach, a very traditional, you know, go to school, get that education, work really hard, interview, get a nine to five job that pays well and, and work your way up that ladder. I come from that very traditional standpoint I, and I like to talk to people who have done otherwise. You're someone who actually, you went, you mentioned you went to college uh, and you went to law school actually, if, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So obviously, you know, uh, it sounds like uh, you took this education, then you went a totally different direction. How do you kind of tell people and you know whether they say they're interested in starting a business? Where is that divide between having a safety net of education and just going out and, and trying something and, and taking a riskier approach? So education was very important in my household. The right. reason is because my parents came to this country with nothing. My mm -hmm. dad came to this country with less than $100, didn't know the culture, didn't know the people, didn't know anyone that had to hustle. And he never took days off. He used to have a joke when I was a kid that there was no such thing as a sick day because if you take a sick day, you're not working. If you're not working, you're not getting paid. If you're not getting paid, you don't have money to eat. Right. So uh, it, it was a concept of you work six or seven days a week, every single day, and you work long hours. I mean, mm. morning, early morning to early night or late night. And so when you come from that type of hustle where you either hustle or you don't eat, right? Uh, he, he wanted uh, success for me. And, and, and the way that Success looks, right, and if you check the boxes, it's, it's through schooling. You go to school, you get a good degree. When you get a good degree, you get a good job. Now, that's how I was raised. And anything that was outside of that traditional norm was considered mm -hmm. not just weird, but bad. The whole concept mm -hmm. of entrepreneurship was not just, like, not encouraged, but it was not allowed. Right. Because when my parents found out that I was doing, like, entrepreneurial stuff, they were very, very angry. I had to keep every entrepreneurial venture that I did a secret. And no the kidding. only time they started to be okay with it was like when I started to get on the news. They, they saw my company. This was, um, I think this was my sock company. This is the first time they started to be okay with it. Right. Was uh, my parents got a call from one of their friends saying, oh, I, I just saw your son on the news. And they were like, oh, shoot, what did he do now? <laughs> like, no, he, he, he's seeing a lot of success with this company. And they were like, what? And so before that, they hated the idea of entrepreneurship, but it didn't make sense to them. But mm. once they started to see the success, then it was okay. And so every entrepreneurial venture that I did, not only did I have to like kind of do it in addition to school, it was for me something that I had to do in secrecy. 
it was like there's only certain people that I could tell because if I told the wrong person and they told my parents, I'd be in a lot of trouble. And, and so it, it was really hard emotionally, physically, mm. because now I was in college all day long. After classes, I was working all night long. Mm. And in the morning, I was working again. And it didn't stop on weekends because Friday night, we'd host a party. We'd right. have contracts with some of the biggest clubs uh, to do college nights. So every, every I forget, Thursday or Fridays, we'd have a party. But you know, when we had a party on Friday night, I wouldn't get done until 2 a.m. And then we'd be cleaning up and doing all that stuff until 3, 3.30 a.m., get right. home at 4. And Saturdays are weddings. And Indian weddings last all day long. So I went to bed at 4 a.m. And I got to be at a wedding by 8 a.m. And, and this was now I'm, I'm working at a wedding all day long. And then mm -hmm. Sunday, you start it all back up again. And so it, it was hard work. Mm -hmm. And it, when it comes to entrepreneurship, it is not something that is taught. Because the whole idea of entrepreneurship is it's being creative. It, it's thinking differently. And, and it's having that risk appetite of going out and doing it. Because... You know, I, I never understood what risk meant until really like now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what Fair. does risk mean? Risk is, hey, I could start a business and fail before. Who cares? Who cares if I failed? Like, what do I got to lose? You know, right. the way I look at it is my family came to this country with nothing. Hmm. So I got nothing to lose and everything to gain. And, and, and so some people, yeah, you know, if you're not willing to take risks, you're not going to see the rewards. Right. And, and entrepreneurship is hard. I mean, it's a lot of work. I work a lot of hours. I work a lot of days. But you know what? I've achieved, I've reached a point where I can also choose when and where I want to work and how I want to work. I love what I do. Everything I do, I speak from the heart. I talk very passionately because these are things that I experienced. And sure, maybe what I say is not right for you, but everything I say, I can guarantee you I'm speaking from my heart. I'm speaking passionately about what I do. You touched on something that I, I kind of want to talk about, which is uh, kind of the idea that talking about money at home is taboo. Uh, you mentioned with your family specifically. Why do you think that is? And why do you think most people, why do you think no one ever teaches their kids about money? Like some do, but it, it, seem, it does seem to be rare that, you know, you have a parent sit you down and say, look, this is how the stock market works. This is how budgeting works and things like that. It goes down to the fear of money and understanding money. A lot of us have insecurities about money. We're not happy with where we are financially. We're not happy with the way things are going financially. We're working really hard to save a little bit of money. We don't understand why we cannot get ahead. So we put up a smoke screen. Don't talk about money. It's bad. Yet at the same time, you're going to work every single day. And a lot of times it's to a job that you hate. Why? Right to get a paycheck, to get paid. And everybody says, oh, I don't do what I do for money. Then tell your boss not to pay you. So it's understanding how money plays a part in your life. And this is one of the things that we have to, have to, have to start talking about if you want to ever become financially successful, if you want to be able to live happy. Because at the end of the day, sure, money by itself is not going to make you happy. But if you don't have money, you are not going to be happy. I think part of it too is, is I feel like talking about money specifically it, it sort of brings a vulnerability with it. You know, I think a lot of people, they like to maintain this image uh, that they're doing fine financially and, and they don't want anyone to ever know. It's very vulnerable. You're put out kind of in the open when you do that. And it probably makes you feel naked to some degree. It's kind of it's kind of like trying to get in shape, but but mm. but it's it's harder to hide it because mm. hey, I can go to the Gucci store, put on uh, 
new Gucci belt, get a new wallet, spend $2,000 on my credit card, even though I can't afford it. And now I can look rich, mm-hmm. even though I'm not. And so, you, you know, we have a lot of inner insecurities. And this also goes back to that mental fitness that I talked about, because you got to be confident in yourself. You have to be able to accept who you are, where you are. And once you can do that, you are going to be much more confident when you're going to realize, hey, I can't afford all this crap that I'm buying right now. So I'm not gonna. I'm gonna stop buying this crap, and I'm gonna get my finances in order. And when you do that, people are gonna look at you like you lost your mind. Wait, Johnny, you were driving a BMW. Now you're driving a Honda Accord. Johnny, you were going <laughs> to vacations every six months to the Bahamas. Now you're not. You were. You were spending so much money at the mall. Now you stop shopping. There's something wrong. And what's funny is people are gonna think now that you're broke because you're not spending money. But in reality, is you're becoming wealthier than you ever was. Right. You have to have the confidence, that financial discipline to be able to do that. Yeah, that does seem to be the case that, um, you know, and, and, you know, you look at the Warren Buffetts and the people with this exceptional amount of wealth. And, uh, you know, Warren Buffett famously drives an old car and has lived in the same house for decades. Um, he also you, has a private jet, though. And that's some sure. Nice yeah. And, and <laughs> you know, I'm not saying Warren Buffett is, is you know, limiting. You got to know what's important to you. Yeah. He's not limiting his indulgences. Don't don't yeah. get me wrong, but at the very least, uh, he doesn't appear, you know, at least on the surface, uh, to indulge himself in terms of uh, these brands and, and things like that. You don't feel the need to spend that money just to show it off. Yeah. So you do what's I, important to you. Why Why do you think that is that people with less money tend to be the ones who are more interested in that social image? Do you think it's insecurity is kind of the main factor driving that? I mean, it's one factor. It depends on the person. Second factor, it always has to do with financial education. You know, I mean, if right. people really understood, and, and I don't just mean no. I mean, they understood the real cost of everything that they're buying, which means not just how much money you're paying today, but the, the opportunity cost that you're losing. Because if you took that money and invested it in your wealth, what would your life look like in five years, 10 years, 30 years? If people mm-hmm. understood the real cost of what they're doing, I think a lot of people would change their spending habits. Right. And, and, and that's one of the first keys to any sort of financial success is you need to know how to spend your money. On top of money, I don't think the entrepreneurial mindset is, is something that's taught. I think it's just something, uh, no, you know. never is. You, you don't have parents telling you, you know what, you should risk it all and, and, try, and try this, you know, business idea or whatever it be. Um, it's not for everyone. Sure. And, and that's, you know, part of it too is, you know, how risk tolerant you are. And, and you know, there's a joke about how uh, there's a lot of hate against the, the nine to five uh, kind of work schedule. And, and then that makes know, no sense. Say, there's, there's nothing wrong with working a job. There's nothing wrong with that. There, there should, that, I don't know. Look, there's hate against everyone and everything. I get hated on for making YouTube videos. I get hated on for the way I look. I get hated on for starting a business. You're going to get hated for working a job. You're going to get hated for investing your money. You're going to be hated for spending your money. Sure. You're going to get hated for everything. And there's nothing wrong with working a job. There's nothing, there's no shame in working a job. That's, 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 that's dumb. That's, that's no sense. <laughs> no, I, and, and I, I'm to- I totally agree with you. And I think likewise, you know, between having a job like a nine to five and, and being an entrepreneur, it's, it's totally what fits your personality and, and your desires. And, and you kind of touch on it, your passions because, yep. uh, so, so the joke is, is people, you know, they tell you, oh, don't work a nine to five job, be an entrepreneur. 
uh, you'll you'll free up your schedule, and then the, <laughs> as you become an entrepreneur, no. you realize that's <laughs> totally not the case. You're working more than 12 hours a day at times and, yeah. and doing these crazy things. But uh, what I will say is, I think uh, where the reason people still do it, aside from you know the monetary gain that can come from starting your own business and things like that, is like you said, the passion. Um, I think entrepreneurship lets you, you know, if you're able to find an idea that you're passionate about. Um, they say, you know, you weren't, won't work a day in your life. I don't totally agree with that, but you know, you will love what you do at the end of the day. Um, I want to touch a bit on, uh, part of the reason I want to start doing this sort of podcast, if you will, is, uh, aside from just talking about investing in general and stuff, is to kind of pull the curtain back a bit on personal finances sure. and things like that. Um, and as someone, you know, who is, has had this success, uh, I was just curious if you'd be willing to kind of talk to people about uh, not necessarily, you know, what specifically you invest in, but I know early on one of your first investments was in real estate. Yeah. Do you still invest in real estate these Absolutely. days? Absolutely. Uh, so I invest in five areas, real estate, okay. stocks, companies, cryptocurrency, and metals. So we can just go through them. Real sure. estate. I love real estate. The reason why I love real estate is because one, you own something physical, tangible, something that you can see, feel, and touch. Tr- touch, and I like real estate because you know it, it allows you to really bring in that entrepreneurial mind that you have. Right, taking mm. something that, mm. especially I like to find distressed properties, things that are beaten up, and then you can really oh re- no kidding revitalize something, make it look nice, and, and it's cool. I I love that seeing a building that just like doesn't look good in a good area, and you can help really bring up a neighborhood by revitalizing a certain part. So I like that part right. of real estate. But on the financial side, you also could get cash flow, consistent, predictable cash flow, and tax breaks. So real estate, I love for that very reason. Now, in the market that we're in right now, we're in a very, very hot real estate market. It's tough, yeah. It's yeah. much tougher. And that doesn't mean I don't buy real estate, although I did take some time off when the 2020 crash and pandemic was going on because sure. I had no idea what the madness. heck was going on. So I, I took <laughs> right. a break, but it, it's just me being more picky with the deals that I, I do buy, you know, and, and is there going to be a real estate crash? Yeah. We don't know when, I mean, every asset cycle, every asset class goes through cycles, but, uh, for me, I look for cash flow. I'm not buying properties to flip them for a profit. So even if property values go down, I'm okay because I'm investing for the cash flow. But for me, I'm just picky with the deals that I look for. Right. With stocks, you know, I believe in the American economy, obviously, uh, so, you know, you are Canadian, so it's yeah. A, hey, I love the American economy too. Yeah, <laughs> um, close, close, uh, close neighbors. Close neighbors. Canada's a little brother of America. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm we just got, we got more land, but I'll give you that. That's fine. <laughs> pulling your leg there a little bit. Um, <laughs> I, lo- I like to mess with all my Canadian friends. Um, uh, no, uh, no, but uh, when stocks, I, I believe in the economy. So there's two ways that I invest in stocks. I, I have a. Uh, a passive method and a more active method. The passive method is every week I invest money into ETFs. Um, and this is happening when the market's up, when the market's down, it doesn't matter. I, I just I just right. keep investing my money into these funds because you know, I believe in the economy. I believe in the future of the economy. Then I also have right, um, right. a more of an active strategy where now I'm researching individual companies and I'm investing into these individual companies. But this is more when I find a deal. I find a company, something that I oh, this is cool, and uh, I look at the numbers, and this seems like it's undervalued to me, so now I want to buy this company, and I want to hold it for a while, right? I'm not holding it for six months. Right. I'm holding it for uh, years. Right, right. And right. so that's my 
that stocks. Third is companies. Uh, you know, obviously, Minority Mindset's a company that I invest in. Anytime we make money, the first place I invest is right back into the company. I also invest in startups. Sure. I, you know, I love working with entrepreneurs. Oh, okay. Um, I'm an entrepreneur myself, and right. I, I, I love entrepreneurship. I love innovation. And so, you know, I love that, you know, I can add value to companies. I love that I can help advise in companies. So I, I like I like working with entrepreneurs. I mean, that's not for everybody. It's very high risk because, you know, startups are going to fail. And right. so, you know, I, I just enjoy that. It's, it's another thing that I just love doing. Kind of li- living vicariously, or you continue your entrepreneurship. Exactly. I guess. You, know, you hit a point, like you just said, you know, life gets busier. And especially as you're building right. something of your own or whatever you're doing, you're going to hit a point where you just can't start another business. But you can mm-hmm. invest in businesses and, and you can help them grow and, you know, have smart people building the business and just kind of be an advisor as opposed to be the person that's actually building it because building a business is hard. <laughs> you know, it's a right. lot of work. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, cryptocurrency which is, you know, the people's movement of money. And, and mm. for me, it's, it's, I look at cryptocurrency more as money than an investment per se, but, you know, it, mm. it's the economy is changing, money is changing. And, and for me, I like investing in or owning crypto. And then uh, I, I have some cryptocurrency that's earning interest that gets lent out. Uh, and so there's a lot of platforms out there that allow you to just lend out your crypto and then you can earn it, interest right, yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, metals like gold, because I could be wrong about the economy. <laughs> that's that's your it's insurance, insurance plan, right there. I mean, I mean, I'm sure you've seen the crazy things that happened in 2020, 2021. We mm-hmm. saw it happen in 2008 yeah. with all the money printing, the dilution of the value of the dollar, inflation. It's yeah, I believe in the economy 100%. That's why I put my money in the stock market. But I could be wrong, which is why I own gold. You hedge your bets a little bit. That's yeah, that's exactly. Funny. And to clarify for viewers, and, and actually, I should ask you. Uh, is this physical gold you're buying or do you use like a vehicle to, to own gold? Because I think a lot of people here buy, or I'd say gold, any whatever metal it is. Uh, a lot of people hear that and they don't fully understand. Like, are you, do you have a warehouse somewhere full of, of precious metals or what is it that you're using? I don't have to, a warehouse full of precious metals, but ah, I, have, shoot, like, <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have physical gold in a, in a, in a safe. Right. Okay. Gotcha. That's, that's a, uh, so yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing and, and, for people who don't really know why that's like an investment, if you will, a lot of you know precious metals have historically always retained their value or been kind of an inflation hedge. At least that's you know over the long term that's been the case. So it's just it's, money. It's a different form of money. Right. And, and I'm not looking to get a return on it. Uh, it's just money. Right. Right. And less prone to inflation, like you mentioned, those those factors of the government and, and things like that. I don't trust impacting. the Federal Reserve Bank. I don't trust right. the government. So, you know, it's a hedge. It's it's insurance. That's all it is. Right, right. So we're kind of approaching the, I think, 40-minute mark. And I want to wrap things up without uh, taking too much of your time. But before we sign off, I'd be curious, um, and I'm kind of, I'd be curious if you have any tips for people kind of starting from, let's say square one. So let's put someone kind of in your shoes where they're take, they're going for their education. Let's sure. say they're just starting off college or something for whatever degree, haven't really had a career yet. Uh, for someone in that, in that uh, kind of position, what would you say they should be focusing on in terms of getting ahead financially? Because we, we both mentioned starting early is probably the best thing. And, and while you don't usually have a whole lot of money in college, that's probably when you should start thinking about, yeah. you know, the, if you learn in college, as soon as you hit the ground uh, with your career, you can hit the ground running. 
and get started. So I guess what tips would you have for someone in a position like that who's, who's thinking about getting ahead? So the first thing is education is the backbone for any sort of success. Hmm. The question is, where do you get that education? Because most of us assume that the education only comes from the classroom. Now, I went through a lot of schooling, like you talked about college and law school, but my education didn't come from the classroom. I, I used to sleep through a lot of my college classes. College is very useful for the right person, right? You want to go become right. a doctor, lawyer, engineer, and you love these fields. Hey, mm -hmm. college is very important. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to be an entrepreneur, your education is going to come outside of the classroom. And that means meeting the right people, meeting the people that are trying to do something big, meeting the people that are trying to innovate and through trial and error, you know, I, I got scammed. I, I failed in a lot of businesses and I lost money in different places. But for me, that's that's real tuition, right? That's life tuition of of trying and failing. And you're going to learn way more from your failures than you will any sort of success. So the best thing you can do is just try things. Go out right. and intern with people. Go out and work with people. Even work for free just so you can learn from the people that are doing what it is that you want to do. You just need to get the education. And then you got to do it, you know, I mean, and. And you cannot replace action. I mean, you can take as many classes, you can go to as many seminars, you can read as many books, but you cannot replace action. You have to mm. take action and learn from the things that you do. And then, you know, it's, it's just repeating, right? So now you're, you're, you're doing the thing that you want, and then it's a matter of being smart with your money. That means taking some of your cash, saving it for emergencies. That means investing your money. And, you know, there's there's so many ways you can invest. You don't have to invest. You know, I started really just with real estate. Um, that was, I got, I was fortunate that I started investing in real estate when the real estate crash happened in 2008. Right, like yeah, that. no kidding. So I was fortunate with the timing. You, you don't have to start with real estate. You can start with the stock market. The stock market's a great place for you to invest. Um, you know, but again, understand that hey you will lose money sometimes and be okay with that and then learn don't just get scared and run away come back and learn there's just so many things that you can do so you gotta go out start you gotta learn you gotta do once you do you start earning some money keep investing some of this money back into yourself that might be an investing back into your business that might be investing into assets because not everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur there's no shame mm. in not being an entrepreneur sure uh, sure yeah <laughs> invest in assets invest in things that will you know, continue to build wealth for you and just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, learn and keep doing better. I, I think even uh, when you talk about, you know, you have to do something, it's not just education. I think that applies to people, whether you're an entrepreneur or even looking for just a nine to five salaried position. I, I like I talk a lot with uh, students about entering the career, especially in finance. And I think you know, when you're doing that interview, the thing that separates most people is what they did outside of education. We're getting we're getting to a point where you know there's education saturation in some areas. You know, a lot of people have a have a commerce degree and and all these degrees, they kind of look for that extra thing that you did. What did you do while you were at university? And you, you, funny enough, I so you mentioned work for a startup. That's actually something I did right out of university. Yeah. never got paid. <laughs> the guy uh, didn't didn't make any money. Never paid me. But yeah. it, it uh, went on did my you, Did you learn something? Sure, I learned something and, and on it was something I put right on my resume was actually something uh, when I was interviewing for my current job, I brought up and they were very interested in kind of the work we did. It was AI based and, you know, kind of this advanced startup that made me sound really smart when really <laughs> I was just kind of their accounting guy. But <laughs> but regardless, it, it you know, it's that kind of extra stuff that I think will give you an edge regardless of whether you, 
decide to go through that more traditional route of getting a job or, or entrepreneurship and taking that risk. Yeah, if I can add to that, I mean, it's it's the yeah. dilution of the value of things, right? Like when you, if, if you know, if you're a financial channel, so your audience understands that, you know, when you print more money and add more dollars into circulation, the value of dollars go down because mm. everybody has more dollars. Right. You're seeing the same thing happen with our education system. You know, back a few decades ago, not everybody had a college degree. Sure, which meant yeah. that if, if you had a college degree, you stuck out. Mm. Nowadays, it's college degree is like, here, it's, 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 everybody has a college a degree. A minimum in some cases, yeah. And, and so now it's, it's the value of a college degree has, has been diluted because so many people have degrees. And so if you want to stick out, you have to be different. And that, you know, when, when we hire people here at Minority Mindset, it's, it's not what college you went to, it's what experience do you have? What kind of right. work ethic do you have? Uh, what, what skills do you have? And, and that's what we're looking for. And, and if you're looking for a job, that's what you need to show your potential employer. It's what value can you provide? What skills do you have? And what experience do you have? And th that experience doesn't have to necessarily come from a job. I mean, mm. obviously, you can, you can be a, a freelancer. You can start a side hustle. The, the internet has made that so much more accessible. Go to something like Upwork or, or Fiverr, and you can start doing things. And sure. so it's, yeah. it's what experience can you show? What have you done? And, and that's going to provide a whole lot more value than just a piece of paper or a title. They want to see what you know, what you can do. Right. Well, Jasper, thank you so much for taking the time today and, and chatting with us. It was a really interesting conversation, and I loved hearing your story. And I'm sure our viewers got a lot of takeaways from it. So I know you're a busy guy. Thank you so much for sitting down with us today. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. And it was yeah, a pleasure being on with you. Ah, thank you. And, and guys, make sure to check out Jasper Singh's uh, his YouTube channel, his site, all labeled The Minority Mindset. Very easy. I'm sure you guys have, have heard of him before. A uh, lot of really a broad range of topics on everything from money to investing to even some economics kind of discussion and, and news updates in some degree. So uh, you're sure to find something that you're interested in. So thanks guys for joining us today. And yeah, see you in the next one. Cheers.